verse 16 to the end of the chapter. نقرأ من عمل 17 ومن عدد 16 إلى نهاية الأصحاح. Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons, and in the marketplace daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, What will this babbler say? Others, he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods, because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him unto Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine of which thou speakest is. For thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are very religious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God, who made the world and all things in it, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things and has made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if perhaps they might feel after him and find him, though he is not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like gold or silver or stone carved by art and man's device. And the times of this ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he has ordained concerning which he has given assurance unto all men, in that he has raised him from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. So Paul departed from among them. Nevertheless, certain men joined him and believed, among whom were Dionysius the Areopagite and the woman named Damaris, and others with them. Amen. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament of the fall of man, of the sin of Adam and Eve. The Lord had told them, you can eat of every tree of the garden freely, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
And in the day that you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And of course, Adam and Eve ate of that tree. And they died. Now, did they die physically? Yes, but obviously they didn't die physically right away. They lived many years beyond that time. In that day you will die. The real meaning of death is that they died spiritually, is that they were separated from God. This separation manifested itself in their behavior right away. The Bible tells us that they knew that they had sinned. The Bible tells us that they hid themselves from the presence of uh, the Lord. Man became, at that time, separate from God. What does the Lord Jesus say in the parable of the prodigal son? Luke chapter 15 and verse 13, not many days after, the younger son gathered all that he had together and took his journey into a far country, a place where he was far from his father. And it is the natural state of man, and I, be, and I mean by that, the natural state of sinful man. It is the natural state of man to be far from God, to be separated from God. These days you hear about social distancing, and you hear about distance learning, and all sorts of things uh, like that. Uh, and people long for the time when you used to be able to shake hands with someone. <laughs> and uh, in this country, you know, people usually give each other hugs and uh, kiss and so on. But, uh, you know, that's, that's not happening because we, are, we have to be far from each other. But, but uh, somehow that's, you know, that's not the way it should be. Now, forgetting about social customs and how people usually behave, being far from God, that's not the way it should be. That is not the way it should be. And when you're far from God, all sorts of things can happen. Uh, it becomes easier to think, it becomes easier to think false ideas, wrong things about God. And so some people, for instance, think, uh, that God doesn't exist. And some people think that God does exist, but he's far away, mysterious, and he does not concern himself with the affairs of uh, men. You see, a lot of the time, when we think there is this element of projection. What do I mean by that? If I'm a person who, let me say, very easily I get upset and I start to resent people and I start to hate them, I think, I think, it is very easy for me 
to assume that, let's say, Sister Vera hates me. You know, that, that's my way of thinking. You know, and it occurs to me that others are uh, the same way. Uh, uh, Psalm 50 uh, says that you thought, the Lord is saying, you thought that I was such a one as thyself. And so, being far away from God, we somehow project, all right, we somehow assume that God is far away from us. That God is far away from us. This conclusion is incorrect. From our passage, Acts chapter 17, and let's read uh, verses 26 through 28. He has made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. He is the creator. He's determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. He has somehow a grand plan. All right? Notice the, the element of interest and engagement on the part of, uh, uh, of God. That they should seek the Lord. This is, in some sense, his desire. If perhaps they might feel after him and find him, though he is not far from every one of us. All right, let's turn on all those ACs, please. That's not what the passage says. Let me continue reading. Um, Paul the Apostle said to the Athenians, let's turn on all the ACs. Um, We are in Acts chapter 17, and uh, we are reading, let's read again, verse uh, 27. Thank you if you could close and and turn it on. All right. Um, uh, let's read again Acts chapter 17 and verse 27 that they should seek the Lord if perhaps they might feel after him and find him though he is not far from every one of us for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your, of your poets have said uh, for we are also his offspring Adam and Eve created that distance through their sinfulness, through their rebellion, through breaking God's commandment and falling into sin. And then what followed was the hiding. And God tried to do what? To bridge that distance. Uh, The Lord sought them. The Lord called out, Adam, where are you? And Hebrews chapter 1 says, uh, and verses 1 and 2, that God has uh, spoken in past times by the prophets, and now He has spoken to us in His uh, Son. So God wasn't silent. God was speaking. Uh, God uh, was speaking through the prophets at first, and then through the greater, the greatest revelation, that is, uh, through his Son. And the time came when the Son was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. He dwelt among us. How closer can you get? Uh, Bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, at the same time, very God, a very God. God and man in perfect union. God coming near unto uh, man. 
time came after the Lord Jesus completed his ministry to return to his heavenly home. But what happened? He sent forth the Holy Spirit, right? To dwell in the hearts of uh, those who are saved. I will pray the comfort, uh, the Father, he will give you another comforter to dwell with you always. Uh, the Holy Spirit, not a bystander in uh, the affairs of uh, the believer, not a spectator, but rather is supposed to be active. Uh, he is active. We need to respond to this activity, to respond to his comforting, to his encouraging, to his teaching, and to his uh, guiding, and to his guiding. What did the Lord Jesus say uh, to his uh, disciples? He told them, as he sent them forth on the preaching mission, Luke chapter 10 and verse 9, you heal the sick and you say to them that the kingdom of God is nigh unto you. Now, if they don't receive you, he went on to say, Luke chapter 10 and verse 10, uh, if, you don't, if they don't receive you, then leave, all right, and uh, wipe off the dust of that city, from you as you leave, notwithstanding, say this, be sure that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. God is near unto men. He is not far from every one of us. If you think of the world of nature for just a moment, what does the Bible say in Matthew chapter 5 and verse uh, 45? It says he makes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. Sometimes we think God created, established a set of rules that creation is supposed to follow, left and went elsewhere. Left and went elsewhere. I'm looking at Sister Vera, so I'm thinking of computers, you know, like a computer programmer. Wrote a program, which is supposed to be working, went to another country. Uh, went to another country. But it says that he makes his son, his son, rise. And he makes the rain fall. And the Lord Jesus went on to say in the Sermon uh, on the Mount, uh, look at the fowls of the air, uh, what do they not do? They don't sow and reap. Alright? They don't sow and they don't reap and they don't gather into barns. What happens? Your heavenly Father feeds them. The lilies of the field. They don't toil and they don't spin. All right, and they uh, don't uh, spin. Now, wh what does it mean they don't spin? Is he talking about spinning? No, no, he's talking about spinning as in making cloth because he goes on to say, uh, to speak of the glory with which they are arrayed, their clothing, their appearance is greater than what? Greater than the clothing of Solomon. Uh, uh, of uh, Solomon. Uh, God gives clothes to the grass of the field and food to the birds of uh, the uh, air. He is not far. 
he is uh, not uh, far. Psalm 104, which is one of the psalms that speaks uh, of uh, the Lord in, uh, and uh, his relation to the world of nature, says that all the creatures of uh, nature wait upon you that you may give them their meat in due season. And that which you give them, they gather. And you open your hand and they are filled with good. Acts chapter 14 and verse 17. He left himself not without witness in that he did good and he gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons. Near to us in terms of the working of nature. Near to us in terms of what is sometimes called providence. The arrangements and the behavior, the conduct of men. The brothers of Joseph wanted to do what? They wanted to kill Joseph. But they decided, first of all, to put him in uh, the well. Uh, to put him uh, in the well. Uh, Reuben played uh, a role in that, if I remember correctly. And then it says in Genesis 37 and verse 25 that they sat down to eat bread. They lifted up their eyes and they saw a company of Ishmaelites, uh, a caravan going to Egypt. I'm abbreviating somewhat. What a coincidence. At that particular time, there was a caravan going to uh, uh, Egypt. Uh, Haman wanted to kill Mordecai. Uh, wanted to kill Mordecai. What a coincidence. The king could not sleep. And what a coincidence. Esther chapter 6 in the beginning of the chapter. What a coincidence that the king asked that the records of the kingdom uh, be read to him. Some boring stuff that would put him to sleep. And what a coincidence that they read the record of Mordecai uncovering a conspiracy against the king and the fact that he had not actually been rewarded in any way uh, for uh, that. Uh, uh, for that. Uh, what a coincidence uh, that the servant of uh, Abraham stood by uh, the well and said, I don't know anyone here, Lord. And so, Whatever young lady comes to the well, and I ask her to give me to drink, and she says, yes, and I will draw for your camels as well. Let her be the one. And before he finished speaking, the Bible says Rebecca was there. And afterwards he said, I being in the way, the Lord led me. The Lord uh, led me. He is not far from every uh, one of us. Jacob was running away, uh, in effect. That was the real reason that he left his father's house. He was running away from his brother, who wanted to kill him. Uh, uh, who wanted uh, uh, to uh, kill him. And so he found a place where... He was lying down with his head on a stone. Gives you the idea that it was what? 
when you put your head on a stone, it's a barren place. It's a barren uh, uh, place. And he dreamed, Genesis 28 and verse 12, And behold, a ladder set up on earth. The top of it reached to heaven, the angels of God ascending and descending. The Lord said to him, I'm with you. I'm going to keep you in all places that you go to. I'm going to bring you back to this land. I'll not leave you until I've done what I've spoken of. And Jacob woke out of his sleep and he said, Surely God was in this place and I knew it not. Inna Rabb haqqan fi al makan وَأَنَا لَمْ أَعْلَمْ لَمْ أَعْلَمْ God is not far from every one of us. Uh, read with me uh, from uh, the Psalms, Psalm 139, the presence of God and the knowledge of God. Uh, Psalm 139, the first section of the Psalm. Uh, beginning from verse 1, Psalm 139. O Lord, you've searched me, you've known me, you know my sitting down, you know my rising up, you know my thoughts afar off, you compass my path, uh, my lying down, you're acquainted with all my ways, there's not a word that I say, you, the, except you know it altogether, you are before me, behind me, your hand is on me, where shall I go from your spirit, where shall I flee from your uh, presence, if I go up to heaven, if I make my bed in hell, you are there, and if upon this earth, with the wings of the morning I dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, then even there your hand will lead me and your, uh, uh, and your right hand uh, will uh, hold me. God is not far. God is not far from every one of us. Paul said it to the people of Athens. 2,000 years ago. And it wasn't because it was Paul, and it wasn't because of the time or the place or who he was addressing. It's true here. It's true now. What does it mean? And I'd like to think, first of all, about what it means for those who are not saved that God is near, that he's not far from us. And then what does it mean to those who are saved? To those who are unsaved. To those who have not come unto the Lord in repentance and faith. The nearness of God means sin, we might say, is all the more serious. You see, I never disobey God behind his back. I disobey him before his face. I never say something behind his back. I say something as if whispering it in his ear. The Bible speaks of a certain kind of service which some people give to uh, their masters, their bosses, whatever you want to call them. Eye service. What is eye service? When the boss is here, when he sees me, oh, I work very hard, but when he goes in to use the bathroom, I decide to have a cup of coffee. Uh, I decide to have a cup of uh, coffee. Uh, when I see the boss, I behave a certain way. 
but then I can slack off because he doesn't see me. Imagine if the boss were actually there and I were to slack off and sit down over here and say, I want to have my cup of coffee right to his face. But you see, that's what we always do with God. It is always to his uh, face. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to my father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. Against heaven first is mentioned and in thy sight. And David, who had sinned, of course, against Uriah and sinned against Bathsheba and sinned against a multitude of other people at the same time, said in Psalm 51, against thee and thee only have I sinned. Uh, Psalm 90 and verse 8 says, you have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. Uh, Isaiah 29 and verse 15 says, Woe to them who seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark, and they say, Who sees us? And who knows us? And who uh, knows us? Since God is near, it is so wrong as well when we are indifferent to him, when we do not care about him, when we do not uh, care uh, about him. If I were to tell you that there is a man somewhere on the street who was beaten up by thieves and is bleeding and needs help. And this man is in Sydney, Australia. You would say, well, he's in Sydney, Australia. <laughs> but remember the parable of the Good Samaritan where what happened? The priest and the Levite saw the man. Alright? And yet being right there and seeing him, they were indifferent. They were not caring. Now, God is close to us. It is wrong to be indifferent. It is wrong to be uh, not caring. Uh, Belshazzar, the king, Daniel chapter 5, verse 23. You've lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You've brought the vessels of his house, uh, and you have drunk wine in them. Uh, you have praised uh, the pagan gods, gods of silver, gold, brass, iron, wood, and stone, which don't see which don't hear, and which don't know. As for the God, in whose hand your breath is, and whose are all thy ways, him have you not glorified. Him have you not uh, glorified. God is near, in the riches of his glory and in the riches of his grace and the sinner 
does not care. The sinner uh, does uh, not care. What should happen? What should happen is, like the Emmaus disciples, even when they didn't know that it was the Lord Jesus Christ, what, does, what did they say later? They said, our hearts burned within us. Our hearts burned within us. But rather than our hearts burning within us, we can be cold and indifferent and uncaring. And uncaring. The Lord Jesus came to the house of Simon the Pharisee. And Simon the Pharisee was, in his heart, critical of the woman who was a sinner and who came and washed the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 7 and verse 44, the Lord said to Simon, You didn't give me water for my feet. She has washed my feet with her tears. You didn't give me a kiss. The custom of the time, we can understand that uh, in this part of the world. Uh, But she has not stopped to kiss my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil also, the custom, regular custom, hospitality of the time. But this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Abraham saw the Lord, Genesis chapter 18, and he ran and he said, you have to stay. You have to uh, stay. The nearness of the Lord, it is wrong to be cold and indifferent, unresponsive. Uh, The nearness of the Lord means that it is impossible to deceive him. It is impossible to deceive him. Let's go through some religious one, two, three, uh, engage in some rituals, pray some prayers, attend some meetings, give some money, and God will be satisfied. What did uh, the Lord say in the Old Testament? He said, these people draw near to me with their mouth and with their lips. They honor me. But his heart is far away. How does the Lord know these things? Because he is the Lord, because he is near. Jeremiah chapter 7, beginning verse 9. You want to steal and murder. You want to commit adultery and swear falsely. You want to burn incense to Baal. And you want to come and stand before me in this house? Uh, in this house. Why do you think that my house of prayer has become a den? A den of thieves? Uh, a den of thieves? The Bible uh, says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. All right. God is not deceived. He's not taken in by these outward one, two, three superficial rites and rituals. Whatsoever a man sows, that also shall he reap. It is impossible to deceive God. God's nearness also means, as far as the sinner is concerned, the sinner should know that it is impossible to escape God. It is impossible to escape uh, uh, God. All right? If I'm running away, all right, just as a simple thing and considering every person equal, all right, I've got a better chance of running away, running this this direction, I've got a better chance of running away from Brother Ibrahim than I have running away from Sister Vera. (laughs) Why? Because she's near. (laughs) 
<laughs> because she is near. It is impossible to escape God. Jeremiah 23 and verses 23 and 24. Am I a God at hand and not a God afar off? Can any man hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Says the Lord, do not I fill heaven and earth, says uh, the Lord. Amos chapter 9 and verse 2. Though they dig into hell. In Naqabu ila al-Hawiya. فَمِنْ هُنَاكَ تَأْخُذَهُمْ يَدِي وَإِنْصَعِدُوا إِلَى السَّمَاءِ فَمِنْ هُنَاكَ أُنْزِلُهُمْ And though they climb into heaven from there, I will bring them down. And in that last and great judgment, the great white throne judgment described in Revelation 20, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, the sea gave up the dead who were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead who were in them, and small and great, they stood before the throne, and whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The nearness of God is a fearful thing in certain ways, but in other ways it is an encouraging thing. Since God is near, that means that we can find him if we seek him. Moses said, Deuteronomy chapter 30, and beginning with verse 11, uh, The commandment that I give you this day, this word from God, it is not hidden, it is not in heaven so that you will say who will go up to heaven and bring it to us. It is not beyond the sea, so that you will say who will go over the sea and bring it to us that we may hear it. But this word is very nigh. It's close to you. It's in your heart and uh, in your mouth, so that you may uh, do it. Ye shall seek me, and ye shall find me. Uh, and ye shall find me. All right? There are certain things that I've lost, certain objects, all right, that I look for in my own house. I never find them. <laughs> I never find them. Sometimes I never find them. Black hole. <laughs> disappeared. Uh, and broadly speaking, there are people who seek happiness. They never find it. Seek fulfillment. Seek things of that kind. You'll seek me and you'll find me. And I will be found of you. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13 and 14. Uh, David told Solomon before all the people, if you seek the God of your father, he will be found of uh, you. He will be found of, uh, uh, of you. Uh, that they may feel after him, verse 27, that they may find him, uh, verse uh, 27. Uh, God is near to us so that we can find him. God is near to us so that he can see our repentance right away. God doesn't just have a close-up view of our sin. He has a close-up view of our repentance. 
if this repentance is real, if this repentance is true, then he knows it. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a great way off, what happened? His father saw him. His father saw him while he was still a great way off. His father uh, saw him. Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? And eventually, Simon said, well, the third, he said it three times, but the third time he said it uh, in an expanded way. Uh, he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I, uh, that I uh, love you. He is close to us. To reveal himself to us right away, as he desires. John chapter 14 and verse 21. He that has my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me will be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Moses was in the desert, beginning of the book of Exodus. After he left Egypt for the first time. And so, the Lord had to institute a search. And after he located Moses, Dr. Livingston, I presume, <laughs> after he located Moses, the Lord uh, had to organize a caravan, some kind of expedition, to meet with Moses and to discuss things with Moses. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the burning bush. And the Lord spoke unto him and said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and uh, Jacob. You know, the Lord showed up one day. The outskirts of Jerusalem. Light like the midday sun. And he meant to meet Saul of Tarsus, but Saul had already gone. And so he had to search for him, and then they had to do the whole thing again on the outskirts of Damascus. <laughs> no, he didn't. He knew exactly where Saul of Tarsus was. And when he wanted to appear to him, he appeared to him. He didn't have to track him down, contact a travel agent, buy a ticket, and anything of that kind, change money, <laughs> or uh, all that is involved. He appeared to him on the outskirts of the city of Damascus and spoke to him. No packing bags, no making plans, itinerary, all right, uh, get to the airport at this time. When he wants to appear, he can appear because he is near. God spoke to Paul in the city of Corinth at night in a vision. Don't be afraid. Speak. Do not hold your peace. Takallam. La takhaf. La taskut. Because I am with you. Because I am uh, with you in the midst of the storm. In Acts chapter 27, on the way to Rome as a prisoner, there stood by me this night the angel of God. The angel of God whose I am 
and whom I serve وقف بي هذه الليلة ملاك الإله الذي أنا له والذي أعبده قائلا لا تخف يا بولس do not be afraid you must be brought before Caesar ينبغي أن تقف أمام قيصر ينبغي أن تقف أمام قيصر God is near to reveal himself God is near God is near to hear the cries, the prayers of his children quickly. I've already spoken about the servant of uh, Abraham. Uh, and so let me just mention what the Bible says in Isaiah 65 and verse 24. It shall come to pass that before they call, I shall answer. And while they are speaking, I will hear. God is with his children, near to us in a positive way to strengthen and protect us. Uh, think of Paul, notwithstanding, when no man stood with me, Second Timothy chapter 4, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known. That all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. God is near so that we can have, should have, fellowship with him. The Bible tells us that Enoch did what? Enoch wrote telegrams to God. <laughs> and God spoke to him through smoke signals. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. And the Bible says if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with, a, one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The Apostle John, John the Disciple, sometimes referred to as John the Beloved, at that Last Supper, the Bible says, he leaned upon the chest of the Lord Jesus, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is near to us, so that we will have fellowship with him. These are they, Revelation 14 and verse 4, who follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Some time ago, uh, the choir sang a song some time ago now, uh, but I think uh, some of you might uh, might remember. So if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and just sing the chorus. When God is near, all the world seems far away. When God is near, every fear is set aside. When God is near, how can I stray? How can I falter? I'll stay upon the altar. I know my God.
we might seek after him and find him, though he is not far away from every one of us. From every one of us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your servant, Paul, and that open door, that opportunity to serve you and deliver your message, which you gave to him with the people of Athens, to speak to them in this manner, and for these words to be recorded for us, for our admonition and for our learning, 2,000 years later. The Lord is not far from every one of us. How we pray that you would help us to heed that commandment which your servant James also gives, that we would draw nigh unto you, that we would cleanse our hands and purify our hearts and walk closer to you, in ways of holiness, in ways in which we follow the great example of our Redeemer and Savior, the one who loved us and gave his blood for us. We thank you because your word says that one day the tabernacle of God will be with men and God will dwell with them and be and they shall be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God draw us Lord we pray nearer unto you until that day in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.